Transmission to take losses, be the hardest. The ones that overcome, be the calmest. Drive regardless where your heart at. Break hearted, you better finish what you started. Done. If you ever lost a loved one, you'll never understand love till you lost one. Where your heart at? I left mine behind with my dilly departed. Where your heart at? Oh no, loops. One, two, one, two. Ladies and gentlemen, you are now listening to the Untouchable Own No Loops podcast. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, I'm Marcus, and with me is... I'm Gene. I'm here. Yes. Riggedy Row. There you, there you go. There you go. Our, our main topic today is going to be the much talked about of All Eyes on Me, Tupac biopic. Or mm-hmm. or biopic if you like science, All right? <laughs> but uh, but before we get into that, uh, we wanna we wanna give a quick uh, rest in peace shout out to uh, Prodigy of Mob Deep. Definitely, definitely. Uh, passed away of uh, sickle cell complications on June twentieth. Yeah, I mean, it sucks. Like, yeah, it does, man. I mean, that was a big loss for hip hop and. Uh, it seems that we've been having a few of those lately uh, within the last uh, year or two. And um, there was a time when you uh, didn't really have a lot of deaths in hip hop. And it just seems like they're just really starting to hit hard. People leaving way too soon and, you know, um, uh, different uh, health issues, which are kind of scary. Um, yeah. You know, Prodigy was only 42. Um, he definitely was an important part of the hip-hop game, especially to Queens, New York, where I'm from. Of course, everybody references uh, uh, Mob Deep's albums, uh, most highly the infamous album, infamous album, which was their second. And then, of course, Prodigy on his own came out with uh, solo albums, which a lot of people have enjoyed. And a lot of solo albums. <laughs> yeah. Actually. He most recently uh, came out with an album uh, in January, which we had discussed on uh, Own No Loops a few episodes ago. And uh, Havoc and uh, Prodigy had just performed a couple days before uh, he passed away, which, yeah. you know, is is a little eerie. Um, but, um, you know, definitely it's always good to know you're on good terms with the people important to you before you go. And, um, you know, Mob Deep was still performing, of course, any other... Uh, beefs that he had that were publicized were all squashed. And yeah, definitely uh, gonna miss Prodigy. Yeah, it seemed like he was in a good place too. Like if you listen to the, his most recent album, um, it, it's mostly filled with like life lessons. It's not. It's it's very as Gene noted in that episode. It's very light on thuggery and, <laughs> and gunplay. It's really it's really not about that at all. Yeah. So so he definitely and and also like listening to interviews and things, he seemed to be. Um, in a much more mature state of mind, and um, it's it's just disappointing that that you know he had to succumb to. Uh, I mean, an illness he's he's had for his whole life. He's written about it, and you can never feel my pain off of the H N I C album. 1974, motherfucker, I was born with pain. My mom's and my pops pass it down to me, so don't talk to me about can I feel yours? Cause I ain't feeling you at all. Your pain isn't pure. You crying cause you broke from the project. That's not pain, that's emotions. You a bitch. I'm talking about permanent physical suffering. You know nothing about that. You just complain cause you stress. 
nigga, my pain's in the flesh. And through the years, that pain became my friend. Sedated with morphine as a little kid. I built a tolerance for drugs, addicted to the medicine. Now hospital emergency, treat me like a fiend. A rabbit die sometime, I wish a nigga OD. Begging God for help, only to find that I'm all by my goddamn self. And you can never feel my pain, nigga. But, um, yeah. It's it's just too bad, and and like you said, Gene. I guess as we get older, we're unfortunately going to be seeing more and more of our of our music heroes kind of fading away. Yeah, yeah, yeah unfortunately. Yeah. So you know, going through a situation like this, um, we definitely uh, tilt a glass of Hennessy in right. Prodigy's uh, memory. That's right. Drinking away a little pain. Yeah. Shout out to him. And uh, yeah, now let's get on to our main thing. Let's get on to the main topic. All Eyes on Me, the film, which came out on June 16th, 2017. Of course, what would have been uh, Tupac's 46th birthday. Right. Um, this movie has been talked about for years. Mm-hmm. Um, they took the principal photography about two years before this movie came out. And I believe Demetrius Ship Jr., who plays Tupac, had gotten the role about five years ago. Yeah, they. Yeah, it's it's been... This movie has been in the works for a very long time. It's gone through... Four different directors until they landed on uh, Benny Boom and um, Antoine uh, Fuqua, I believe is how you pronounce his last name, was was the original director, and then they signed on John Singleton. But there were some some creative differences with John Singleton, and he's he's been very vocal about about the film and and kind of uh, deriding it. And uh, apparently, John Singleton had a th- there's actually a script out there, or there's a few pages of a script that he wrote. He had a scene where. It's basically insinuated that Tupac is is sexually assaulted in in prison. Hmm. Then there's a scene where he's like dressed up apparently as like an ancient warrior, and supposedly there's a scene where he was like talking to his own severed head while he's in jail. I did not know these. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I this, did not know these. This, this recently leaked, and 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 also the the current producer and director of uh, Benny Boom actually were on uh, Breakfast Club talking about it. There were a multitude of things that he wanted to do that just weren't, you know, flattering to Tupac himself. What he was trying to do was, you know, the rumors you're hearing are true. Yeah, I, heard, I, heard, I heard he wanted to start the movie off with Pac getting raped in jail. Yeah, I wow. heard that too. Uh, no, 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 no. He, he started, he, the, the raped in jail stuff, yeah, he wanted he to put that in there. But So he wanted to start the movie off. Tupac goes in the studio. Uh, one guy's in the studio. He's getting hit. So Tupac is with the other girl, you know, and these girls are white. Right. And um, Tupac tries to give her anal. Not just that, right? So we go into <laughs> this this particular part. The girl denies him. He kicks her out, and he tells the white girls to go home and tell your dad you got fucked by a nigga today. Mm-hmm. In scene. What movie is that, bro? Right, right, right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like what movie is that? And, and and there has been like some pages of a script leak that John Singleton wrote. But anyway, they had creative differences. John Singleton left, and then they called director uh, Carl Franklin, and then he left, and then and then they finally uh, settled settled on uh, Benny Boom. Okay. So Benny Boom, just, if you've heard that name, you probably recognize it from music videos. Yeah. Yeah. Um. He 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 directed. Hundreds of music videos, like starting from like like 2000 and onward. Um, some some of the high, some of the key videos he did. He did uh, "Got Yourself a Gun," uh, "Made You Look," and I believe he did "Uchi Wally" as well for Nas and mm-hmm. Bravehearts. Uh, New York shit, busted for Busta Rhymes. Uh, Mob Deep got it twisted. Uh, Buy you a drink by T Pain. Uh, Sierra's goodies. Why don't we fall in love? A Marie. 
um, Nelly's uh, Shake Your Tail Feather and Pimp Juice, 50 Cent's Window Shopper. He's uh, got quite a list and some glossy yeah, yeah. entries on there, too, yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. And then he's also directed some some episodes of various TV shows like Empire and uh, NCIS. Uh, as far as movies, he's he's only done a, he's only done a couple movies until up until All Eyes on Me. So he did. Uh, if you, do you remember Next Day Air? Um, most stuff was in that. Most stuff is Mike in Mike Epps. That. Mike Mike Epps, Wood Harris, aka Avon Barksdale, and uh, Donald Faison from um, Scrubs and Clueless was it was like the the star of that movie, uh. the comedy. Uh, um, and then he and then he, he also directed a direct to DVD sequel to the SWAT reboot, hmm. and and then he did All Eyes on Me. Okay. So, um, um, and then also just a quick note on the producer uh, who who's who's been very vocal about the movie uh, LT Hutton. If you recognize his name at all, he he actually started off as a music producer. He produced a lot of late era death row stuff. Um, he produced, if you remember the song, uh, Beware of My Crew by the LBC crew, which was like Snoop and Trey D, mm-hmm. um, off the, uh, Thin Line Between Love and Hate soundtrack, he produced that song. Three cheers to the top or whatever's one, cause I'ma represent it till I'm setting it up. My mentality, the battle, the opponent, the death, and checking every nigga ever wanted to step in my direction. With the question for testing, the section I represent for inspection. With some jumping, I'm dumping. Um, he did a couple songs on the, the Dogfather album. Um, he did uh, the, the, the East Siders joint Got Beef. If you got beef with 213, mm-hmm. the nursery mm-hmm. rhymes. Um, <laughs> and then, I like that song. No, no I like that song. <laughs> no, I, I, didn't, I didn't mean to make, make fun of the song. It's just the hook is very... It's very melodic. It's very catchy. So clearly, so, that's the point. So, that, so, so cha-ching. He he did his job, and then he did a couple songs on Snoop's um, uh, Rhythmic Gangster, the masterpiece album. Some songs for Bone Thugs. He did the majority of the Bratz uh, 2003 album, Limelight, Love, and Nightclubs, which again I've never heard. But what you like? That's not on that album. It's not on that. That's no. That's on Unrestricted. Then I don't know. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but. Oh yeah, and and and, he, and like the Brad, he is from Chicago. So shout out to him for being from Chicago. Like you, yes. Uh, which you might, and and he did a couple songs for like a, a couple of uh, posthumous Tupac songs from like those you know various posthumous albums that they put out with like all the remixes and Machiavelli Part Twelve, something like that. But the, but these are these are actually the official the actual ones. albums, the, the official ones, Tupac yeah. and the. Uh, Outlaws or Tupac. Pox Life, Until yeah, the End of Time, yeah, yeah, all those. Yeah. Um, and, but where, if you're, if you're like a head, deep head, you might remember him, where I remember his name from was he produced the Music Makes Me High remix with Ooh. the, the, with Lost Boys, Dog Pound, and Cannabis. Combination of Mr. Cheeks, Cannabis, and Corrupt is enough to make the reels on cassette tapes bust. Cause none of you fools is capable. My lyrical and knock you on the floor like a mechanical bull. Rhymes ricochet off the inner walls of my lungs and go past the tongue faster than bullets come out of guns. Who wants to be the one that gets struck first? I'll bury their body on any other planet except the Earth. I'll rip up, swear your lip up. It's a stick up. Make you put your hands on your head like you was doing sit ups.
that was uh, where you know according to cannabis he had he had many chicks sweating him off of that verse yeah he he put uh www.cannabis.com in a lot of cd-roms <laughs> um cd-roms put, put it in your cd-rom yeah do it uh back when we didn't really understand the internet at all well yeah but but anyway because that's not how that works. So yeah, so that's that's kind of a, a, a background on the movie. The plot, you know, it it, it starts it basically. It's it's well. A, what did you yeah. think about the casting? The casting. The casting. Good like, question. Good question. So, I of course know that uh, Demetrius. We just mentioned him. Yeah. Um, how he had the role. Yeah. A lot of people were impressed because he really resembled what Tupac looked like. He does resemble him. Um, you know, struck some of the. Uh, the infamous poses that Tupac has been photographed of a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I, I think as far as appearance-wise, he nailed it. That's not... He just naturally looks like Tupac. He didn't really... Uh, you know, they had, just, they had to get the facial hair right, get the bald head, and, you know... I mean, I don't know how he looked before they casted him. He could have he been all fat and everything. I, <laughs> I, I, I feel like he got the role because he looks like Tupac. Okay. I, I think. Because I believe this was his first acting role. Uh yeah. So it's not it's not like he was a seasoned actor they sought out. Like, Do I you think, think he was convincing? Uh um No. But I don't think he was bad. I think he he definitely well, it depends what you mean by convincing. He definitely looks like Tupac, for sure. Okay. And there are definitely times where if if you squint and you hear him speaking, you can it's like, okay, yeah, he he, he pulled that line off or he pulled that you know, that stage performance off. Okay. But I think one of the issues, I think maybe because he is a novice actor, and also because Tupac was a good actor himself. Tupac was a damn good actor, I think. And so some would argue he was an actor even in his music, but that's another topic, maybe. But I feel like his shortcomings as an actor, when Demetrius Ship Jr. is playing Tupac playing another character like for example they they the recreate scene the scene from juice they recreate the scene from juice and it's like he didn't do the scene from juice tupac did a better job of the scene from juice than he did like, right like he's playing tupac playing bishop right and there it it was like that scene in particular made it clear that tupac was somebody who had such like charisma and and just like like a fire in him and it, it's really i'll, I'll give D- D- demetrius ship credit because it's hard to play Tupac, I think. I think it's very difficult to play Tupac. I think somebody who's skilled in doing it can yeah. do it. Okay. I think he did a decent job overall. He did okay. He did okay. And before anybody jumps out in front of it, when we're uh, rolling along in February and March and the now annual Oscar So White campaign rolls mm. around and people are like, well, he looked just like Tupac. No, it's not an Oscar-worthy performance. I don't. I don't think. <laughs> I don't. Based on the feedback the movie's film has gotten, I don't think anybody's going to be complaining about him not getting a nomination. I, I seriously doubt that's going to be an issue. <laughs> the world's seven billion people wide, so it's going to be somebody. <laughs> there will be somebody. Yes, there will be like eight people <laughs> out of the million. But, but um, yeah, he, he did okay. He did okay. I didn't think he was bad. He was not bad. He was he was decent. I just think that he doesn't quite have the chops to okay. really bring Tupac to life. Okay, that, that's my opinion. All right. Well, I mean, I just wanted to make sure that we touched on that first yeah. in, in regards to the casting. We can come back to the casting, sure. but as far as the story, first and foremost, what did you think of the angle of them using that prison interview and using 
the angle of the reporter to tell the story of Tupac's yeah. life. I, f- I thought that was okay. I don't. I feel like it's it's almost cliche. I feel like that was kind of an obvious way to go. I think it's a fine storytelling angle. It it makes sense. Okay. Right? Because it's it's a it, it's a way to get like a built-in narration. Because Tupac is basically telling the reporter who was based on Kevin Powell, um, and his the the interview he did with Vibe. Right. Right. Although, right. and and this is actually I don't know there this is actually a subject of a recent lawsuit. Kevin Powell. Kevin sued. Powell wasn't feeling it. Yeah. Well, because they didn't give him credit. They didn't mm. give him credit. I don't think they consulted him, but they used his story as like the the back the backbone of the plot, which I don't know. That's kind of okay. Foul, yeah, personally, but yeah, I, I thought that was a fine framing device. I thought using using I thought it, I thought it made sense to, to do to do it that way. Right, right, what, right. Um, I agree, and I'll be honest. I did not know about the interview controversy because I didn't even know about the interview. I mean, like I know that. Tupac was interviewed in jail. I remember that issue. Oh yeah, I remember the vibe. I, I can see the cover in my head right now. Me too. Yeah. Me too. Me yeah. too. It's I, a big deal. Fairly certain I bought it. I didn't. I didn't put two and two together, even though I knew of the uh, physical copy of that interview, as opposed to there being recorded footage of it mm-hmm. and them uh, mimicking that footage. Yeah, I thought that that was a good angle because. I mean, they they definitely could have opened the movie with little Tupac and whatever, or the way that they did when they started the storytelling, going back to Afini, uh, played by uh, Denai Guerrero, mm-hmm. um, uh, who who you might know as Michonne, Michonne from Walking Dead, or as Rick would say, Michonne. Huh. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I mean, they they went back to that time. Now, of course, that's a good build up for that quote-unquote militant side of Tupac um, and really you mean giving... showing like his mom is showing yeah 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 Shakur, yeah stepfather yeah yeah giving giving that story and uh, showing a little bit of the Panthers I think that that made sense I appreciated that um, walk up of going from uh, uh, sh- showing her as a uh, Black Panther to little boy Tupac and then so on um, it definitely touched on some of the things. Little thing. boy Pac. Sorry, <laughs> the, sorry I, I just that when you, when you when you said little boy Pac, that reminded me of the Martin Luther King movie. You, you remember the Martin Luther King TV movie, Little Boy King? Vaguely, okay. It, it just reminded me of that. Sorry, continue. It's okay, please. but it was a good walk up as far as uh, making that angle of um, you know starting there and assuming that. Uh, Tupac is telling this reporter um, all of this stuff. Yeah. Now, you do get to see teenage uh, Tupac and getting into the arts programs and meeting Jada Pinkett, played by Cat Graham. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously, this was factual that they did meet, they did go to school together and all of that. Right. But I really do think the way that they wrote the script was that they tied it in more than another film would have just because she is who she is Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. instead of how important this is to the story. And then I'm not doubting that Jada wasn't important to Tupac's life. Yeah. But whenever you read read something about Tupac while he was alive, you you heard very little about her. Yeah. Yeah. No, I totally, I totally agree with you. I I felt the same way. I felt like, they overemphasized his relationship with her a bit. Um, I mean, they were friends. They were definitely friends, uh, close friends. But I feel like 
because she is Jada Pinkett, I think they there are, there are other people, there are other characters or figures in his life they who they who they could have slid in there. Um, and, and who there are people who were important to him, I think, who weren't in the film. Yeah, 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 yeah. I totally agree with that. I mean, I I can name a few, and I'll get to that later. Yeah. Also, I'm uh, sorry, uh, Jada Pinkett. Actually, you know, I don't know if you saw she she came out with some statements. She was not feeling yeah, this. She, she she wasn't. Well, there, there were some things, and I, I think this is maybe just the trappings or the the failings of 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 a bi- of like the biopic format, but. There were some embellishments. There were things that they used to like yeah, to yeah. like move the story forward yeah, that yeah, weren't yeah. that weren't things that actually happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and that's any biopic. Like I mean, yeah. even earlier today, before I came over to record, I was watching the the Hector Laveau uh, biopic, and that had some fiction in it too, even though it was a really good film. But yeah, any pretty much any biopic is going to have some fiction in it. A, because you can't get it completely right, especially if the main figure's dead. <laughs> B, because you want to uh, make it as interesting as possible. Right. That, I would imagine, was the case here. Yeah. And, yeah, I know she uh, wasn't feeling some of the specifics of certain scenes, right. like not ever uh, hearing about this poem, poem that was read to her in the movie mm-hmm. until... His book was published later after he died, right. and some other details. Although she did praise um, Demetrius and Cat yeah. for uh, their performances, right? I think Cat uh, was a good uh, pick for uh, for Jada. Yeah, she was cool. Yeah, you know, uh, Deny. I think you know she did a good job as a Feeny. Let's talk about what we feel they got right. Okay. Good news first. Good news first. Yeah. Let's be positive. Yeah. <laughs> What went right? So the top, the, from the top um, story portrayal, I uh, I had already alluded to it. I appreciated that they started in his childhood. We got some pieces to how Afini provided him with a resource to get his feelings out, getting him writing. I appreciated that. Mm-hmm. I appreciated how they showed how his childhood was. Uh, positively and negatively affected by his mother. I appreciated that they sh- did show her, um, you know, going through the drugs and uh, portrayed that and how Tupac tried to uh, um, really intervene and, and get her going again. Yeah. And, um, you know, really trying to keep her steady. Now, as far as what went wrong... Well, wait, um, hold on. I... I, yeah. I, have, I have some things that, that I think <laughs> right as well. Jump on in. So, so um, the wardrobe I thought was well done. They they did a lot of recreations of things that he actually that he was like filmed wearing. And so there's a there's a lot of Carl Kanai in the oh, movie. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Shout like, out to all, Carl. Like all arrows of Carl Kanai from like the uh, Arsenio I think he Hall got a signature. Phone call. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure he like must have recreated some of that. Because I don't know where you find that stuff now. Yeah. They had like the signature Carl Kanai all the way to like the the metal plate Carl Kanai. Yeah. And then they also had some uh, Walker wear Walker wear. Yeah. So I thought that was I thought that was well done. And to just to reiterate, Demetrius Ship looks like Tupac. So yeah, that was good. I have a, a theory about I have a, a conspiracy theory about him looking like Tupac, but I don't know if I should mention that. Go for it. Um. So I, I, if if you're not aware, Demetrius Ship Jr. is the son of Demetrius Ship. Who produced um, uh, "Toss It Up" on the Machiavelli album? Yes. Yeah. 
So my question is how it just seems too coincidental that a guy who at least in some capacity worked with Tupac has a son who looks a lot like Tupac. Like, how is that possible? So I'm like, okay, there's either one of three scenarios. Right? You think they're related? I, I, I think either Demetrius Ship Sr. may be the woman he's with had a relationship with Tupac that he didn't know about. And so maybe Demetrius Ship Jr. is actually Tupac Shakur Jr. Oh my gosh. Or <laughs> or or uh Demetrius Ship was actually Tupac. It was actually an alias for Tupac. Oh. I I don't know. I'm I'm bugging, but it's just, it's a very odd coincidence. To me personally, yeah, you're strange. You're going in outer I know. space with this, I know, <laughs> but whatever. Anyway, um, I thought the depiction of Shock G was pretty good. The guy actor who played Shock G, I thought was good. I mean, he only got a couple lines, he didn't, he didn't get a whole lot, but I, I thought he was good. Okay, um, well, I give you that. He, he, the weird thing about it though, was that when he was talking off stage, he sounded more like. Humpty Hump and Shock G. <laughs> yeah, he he kind of yeah he he did he did switch back and forth. Okay, Tupac, <laughs> let's do this. Uh-huh. Um, but maybe he did that in real life. Maybe in real life he would he would flutter between the two the two voices. It know? is possible. It I, is I possible. Um, it, it it was weird. Um, I thought it was cool, but also weird that you had like real people who were playing themselves in the movie. So you had Money B was himself. I thought this was really strange. Yeah, <laughs> and then also you that had... that that was what in the entire fuck moment number one. Huh. Well, yeah, because well, I guess it's when you put current day twenty seventeen money being next to a guy who looks like a very young shock G. It's a little weird. I get that there have been many moments in movies where black actors who are pushing thirty play teenagers. Mm-hmm. Or black actors who are in their 30s are playing teenagers, and it's a testament to black don't crack, la la la. Yeah. But there are some times that it's just ridiculous, and you just have to admit. Yeah. Like, you know, you, you, you can't have a man pushing 50 playing himself 20 years yeah. ago, 25 years yeah. ago. I thought it was cool that they were in there, but it's at the same time, it was weird. But you, you also had um, um, E.D.I. Mean and, and Young Noble from the Outlaws who were in there, who were, again, playing themselves. Yeah. They didn't have speak, and they, have, they didn't really say a whole lot. Like, come on, Pac! Like, like that kind of well, thing. Well, it, it's interesting that they were playing themselves along with Gaddafi, played by an actor in his 20s, probably. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, yeah, the juxtaposition is weird. Um, I like that the movie opened with so many tears, just because I really like that song a lot. I lost so many tears, and Lord knows I tried. Been a witness to homicides and drive-bys, taking lives, little kids die. Wonder why as I walk by, broken-hearted as I glance at the chalk line, getting high. This ain't the life for me, I want to change. But ain't no future right for me, I'm stuck in the game. I'm trapped inside a maze. See this tang of Ray influence me to getting crazy, disillusion lately. I've been really wanting babies, so I can see a part of me that wasn't always shady. Don't trust my lady, cause she's a product of this poison. I'm hearing noises, think she's fucking all my boys. Can't take no more, I'm falling to the floor. Begging for the Lord to let me into heaven's door. Shed so many tears. Yeah, I do too. Um, and uh, towards the end of the film, when well, the very end of the film, 
uh, in the end, uh, uh, when uh, when Tupac and Suge Knight are riding in Las Vegas, there's a there's a scene, there's a moment where they play uh, Blackberry Molasses by yeah, by Mister. Yeah. So on one hand, I was surprised. like, oh shit! I was like, word. I was but, a little surprised. Yeah. Shout out to Bobby Valentino. Yes, Bobby V. <laughs> Bobby V. And organized noise. Yeah. Um, I wonder where, because I couldn't find anything that supports that that actually happened. Yeah, maybe. I don't know, because because I, I feel like that's very specific. Because I feel like if if that was something they made up, it's like why that song? You know what I mean? Because that's it's not necessarily the most well known song. Well, it could be that Suge had mentioned it. Maybe, I, maybe it's possible. I don't know. I I just I haven't seen I haven't seen anything to support that. But yeah. that's a very specific song. So, but any either way, I was pleasantly surprised to hear it. So those were your what went right? Yes. Okay, well, what went wrong? <laughs> um, okay, well, <laughs> the movie just has a, a lot of, like, the kind of, the, the things that, that befall a, a, a biopic in general, right? So, it's like, like, a biopic is challenging because you're trying to fit someone's entire life into, like, two hours. Yes. And like, how do you do that? How do you do that in a way that satisfies everybody? I don't know. It's, it's, it's difficult. I feel like it definitely. I feel like it really only skims the surface of Tupac. It doesn't really get into why people were so passionate about him and why there was a movie made about him in the first place. They did uh, touch on him having songs that appeal to different audiences, and they did show him uh, filming "Keep Your Head Up." Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, they could have had. Somebody just walking along like, I can't believe Tupac wrote that song. I feel like it was just for me, you know. Something, I don't know. Something silly like that to just show or uh, uh, fans of different ages outside his hotel room screaming and looking for an autograph and, you know, something like that. Yeah. I mean, because, like, if you if you watch um, Straight Outta Compton, I feel like watching that movie, I feel like I get us, even if I wasn't around for the rise and fall of nwa i would get a sense like you get a sense watching that movie like okay what they were doing at this time was some different shit it was some new shit it was sort of a revolutionary and you don't i feel like watching this movie you don't get that sense that what tupac was doing you don't you don't to me i didn't get the sense i didn't understand like if i came into this blind i wouldn't understand what put tupac over his peers i didn't get that sense either yeah the thing about him that was different was the fact that he did have a gift for touching people's emotions with certain yeah. things, like you know the aforementioned "Keep Your Head Up" or "Dear Mama." Even the thuggish shit, like it's, it's still like it was passionate and it, it got to people. 
Yeah, but yeah. but even even when they got up to present time with the whole jail interview thing, and uh, they mentioned that oh you you've got the number one album in the country, and you know they show Deny walking away to the um, the music of Dear Mama. Why didn't they show uh, some, um, Tupac reading letters from? people who mm, were just in love fans. with that song like mm. i can't believe what you did mm-hmm. you know i wish you were out to enjoy this or, or something like that that mm. would have been an awesome angle mm. okay yeah um an- another like biopic cliche was the whole idea of like people trying to make things right before they die like if you have a biopic where somebody dies at the end they always try to make things right right before that happens. Yeah. And like there's a scene with him and Kidada Jones, who was yeah. his girlfriend at the time, at the yeah. time of his death. And and and, and real quick, yeah. I, I think that that was something good that they put in because understood it wasn't public knowledge. Not really. It wasn't something that he talked about. It yeah. wasn't in a bunch of papers or whatever. But the fact that they added that detail because it is part of his life and the fact that it wasn't talked about, but he was, you know, in love with this woman, engaged to this woman when he died. Yeah. Um, I think that was a good thing to insert. I mean, yeah, I, I agree that it was good that they included her, but the way they did it, I feel like was a little, a little heavy handed. But they did the same thing in the Notorious movie, where like right before Biggie dies, he like calls Faith and Kim and and his um and Jan, his his first uh, uh the mother of his first his firstborn. To like, you know, there's like, yeah, we'll, we'll get together. Everything's going to be great. We're going to be. That seems silly. <laughs> and, and, yeah, I mean, it's, it's totally but, understood. You know what's going to happen. Right, right. But if for some strange reason you walked into that movie and did not know and you really thought that Tupac was retired somewhere. Right, right. Like, you just You would knew. know. <laughs> it's like, oh, he's, oh, 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 he's, he's about to die. Oh, yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, I. But again, that's just that's like a typical biopic thing. Um, and then along with that, like the famous last words, like like Snoop right before, like like the last thing you hear Snoop saying is, "Oh yeah, we'll be alright after Vegas." Like yeah, you know, I, 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 I holler at Come the Vegas. fuck on. Everything, everything will be cool. <laughs> yeah, I, I talked to him later. After, you know, and and then and, and then Tupac in the hotel room was like, "Yeah, I'm coming right back. I promise. I'm coming. I'll just be gone for an hour. I'm coming right back." Uh. And. And then, like, like they draw out that scene where he's like, you know, he kind of like turns to the hotel room door, like, like, should I, should I stay with Kidada or should I go to the club? Should I stay? Should I go? Should I stay? Okay, I'm gonna go. Really, dude? Yeah. So yeah, that's that's uh, it's it's just kind of corny when they do that. And then there's like some some melodrama. Um, so so you mentioned uh, um Denai Guerrera. I I I know I'm fucking up her last name, and I apologize. Uh, But okay. So, so she, I thought she was good, but there were some times where I felt like she was doing like a very typical kind of like whisper yell monologue thing. Uh, I think, I, I think she was doing that a lot in the beginning to really, um, nail the, uh, the Black Panther role. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yes. It it was a little over the top. Yeah. With Denai, I mean, I've only seen her in Walking Dead and Indip independent film called The Visitor, where she didn't have a big role. Mm. I can't say much about her acting. I mean, I think she does great as Michonne. I've seen a thousand episodes of that it, show. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, this, 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 this was a little, a little shaky at times for me. It, 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 it felt like a, a play. It felt like a play. And, and she is a playwright, so. Yeah, yeah. Um, she, Tony nominated, uh, 
film. Yeah. I mean, on the play, excuse uh, me. Um, Eclipsed, yeah. the play that she wrote. So, but yeah, it definitely came off kind of like that, like art house theater acting, but... And then every time Suge Knight entered the, the movie, there was like this dramatic music. <laughs> I thought that was funny. You had, did you have any other what went wrong moments? One of the taglines of the movie is that it, it's, you know, this is like the true and untold story of Tupac. But I feel like most, most of this stuff has been told already. If, if you're ahead, if you lived through this, you probably didn't learn much. And then the whole Kevin Powell interview. So there's the guy, Nigel. Who, Haitian Jack. Ha, exactly. Right. So so Nigel is Haitian Jack, right? But the only reason they called him Nigel was because that's what Kevin Powell called him in his story. Mm-hmm. In, in in Kevin Powell's story, he changed the names to protect the guilty, basically. Yeah. Right? So and, and he didn't he, and he, he didn't want to get fucked up or, or anyone else to get fucked up. So he changed some <laughs> changed some of the names. But it was weird that they again they used the name Nigel but didn't give Kevin Powell credit for it. And it's like why would you not just use if, if people know that that's Haitian Jack, why not just use the name Haitian Jack? Well, I guess we should say it's allegedly Haitian Jack. Well, yes. Yeah, sure. Okay. <laughs> allegedly. So, yeah, that was a little odd. Also, I, I felt like, again, compared to Straight Out of Compton, I felt like it looked like a TV movie. Just mm-hmm. in terms... Of, it, it lacked the cinematopic... The cinema... The cinematic grace... Okay. <laughs> of of uh, straight out of Compton, like it didn't have the interesting like camera angles and, and things. There were there was an annoying amount of transitions between scenes where they would show like a cityscape. They would show like the like an overhead shot of New York City at night. Right. Like they did that a lot. Right. Um. So I thought I just thought that was a little cheap. Right. Um, right. Cheap looking. Um. And then and then just various nitpicks like when Tupac moved to Oakland. Um, in 1988, they showed uh, the new Bay Bridge. I'm not, I, don't, I don't know if you caught that or not. I caught that. Yeah, well, they got the Twin Towers in New York. Yeah, but. yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess living in Oakland, that's something that that, 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 that you oh, pick out. Only Bay Area yeah, people would yeah. notice. When also when he moved to Oakland, they they, they played a in E40 uh, song, but it was a it was like a, a recent E40 song. I feel like they could have just played some too short or something. Mm, Maybe yeah. they couldn't get the rights to the too short. It's think. possible. City of dope, I call it oak. Can't be broke, selling coke. Fat ropes, shattered hopes. Fresh cars and all that dope. Base heads keep trading live. Nobody knows by the nine to five. Everybody's just trying to survive. You need a gang, can't do those nine. There was no mention of Tupac's first wife or his, or his wife. Tupac was married while he was in prison, mm. and they didn't. Her name was uh, Keisha Morris. They didn't mention that at all. Mm, yeah. Um. There was no Tretch. I, I believe Tretch is in the movie, but he, there's no like you wouldn't know it was Tretch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're... And they were supposedly pretty close. So yes, they were. Yeah. Um. Stretch also. Yeah, he was stretch, missing. Stretch, stretch I... of Live Squad. Yeah, was, I just thought about that. Yeah. No, no stretch, and maybe that was political because they ended up having a little beef after Tupac was, you know, was shot five times or what have you. But they were close; they were really close for a while. And he worked with him a lot on a lot of music, and there was no stretch in the movie. There was one party scene where they playing Chief Rocker by Lords of Underground, but it's not; it's like the music is not quite right. Like they they recreated Chief Rocker. Or something. They replayed it because yeah. they probably couldn't get the rights. Yeah, it's like why not just play a different song? But anyway, yeah, of all songs, I was a little. Yeah. A little weird. I um, guess that was supposed to let us know that he's on the East Coast. <laughs> yeah, right, yes. <laughs> okay. um, there, was, there was no mention of poetic justice, I don't think. 
I was thinking about that, and I was thinking about the the whole AIDS test thing, but I reread about it, and supposedly that was like a, a silly misunderstanding. Yeah, I saw that too. So, but yeah, they didn't mention poetic justice and or any of the other, or like they mentioned that he didn't get a part in higher learning, but they, they didn't mention like like he was in several movies. They didn't mention hardly any. Gridlock, gridlock, uh, bullet was one. Yeah, they did. They did show above the rim. But, um, like, gang related, gang related, uh, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that was a few things, and but... that was that was a big part of him was the acting. I mean, he was really good at that, and they didn't really play that up. But I mean, I guess I get it because again, I think that's part of the part of the issue with there is just it's a two hour movie or two you know two hours and twenty minutes. You yeah, gotta, you gotta but be... I mean, if we're gonna talk about what he's recognized as being now and what he had the potential to become. Yeah. A lot of people believe he probably wouldn't be rapping now and he'd just be the acting. acting I, 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 that's, that's believable. That's he totally had believable. three movies in the can when he died, you yeah. know, gang-related and gridlocked and uh, bullet. Um, and he wasn't always playing the same character. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, gridlocked, he was... What was it, gridlocked? It, no, it was gang-related. Him, him and uh, he Belushi. He was a cop, right? Yeah, he was a cop. Yeah. He was a cop who wasn't, like, an alpha male. So yeah. it was, like, it was interesting to see that. Yeah. And even in Gridlocked, I believe, he was, he was what was he? He was, like, a heroin addict or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he, he wasn't playing typical Tupac yeah. in that. And then uh, the last one I had is that they showcased what I believe was, like, a release party for All Eyes on Me. And he performs Hail Mary, <laughs> which is just way the fuck off. Like, like, like what? So that and I'm, I'm sure that's been called out already, but that just didn't. It was just like, come it, on, it, like that's it, just it, it didn't that's, jive. That's the easiest thing you could do is is properly line up the music and the time period. Like, why would you why would you do that? That was weird. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So that's it for me. Okay, well, my what went wrongs, which is uh, AKA what in the entire fuck selection two through hmm. I don't know. Okay. Firstly, um, with the casting, there was a couple issues that I had. Mm-hmm. Why couldn't these people cast their own damn Biggie? <laughs> oh, why do they borrow the? Because they're trying to build a hip hop cinematic universe. Oh God, this is not X Men. <laughs> You have uh, 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 Jamal Woolward, I believe that's his name. Woolard. 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 Who's playing the same role six years after he originally played it in another movie. Yeah. So I'm sure he was happy with the check. And, uh, of course, he does look very much like Biggie, but he's, what, 30 playing somebody who's 20. And um, I just found it to be a little silly. Yeah. Um, I, I didn't have a problem with it. I didn't have a huge problem yeah. with it, but I just found it to be a little silly because it's like I got that same reaction. Like, oh, um, you're going to have uh, Robert Downey Jr. in a new Spider-Man movie. That's mm-hmm. cool. Right. <laughs> but those are fictional people. Right, right, <laughs> you know? Right, yeah. So, like, just like uh, Notorious had their own Tupac played by Anthony Mackie, Mackie. they could have their own Biggie played by such and such. So, it was a little weird. How would you compare the performance of Anthony Mackie to Demetrius Ship Jr.? I mean, granted, Tupac was like a cameo in Notorious, but... I think that they really wanted to nail the look, and obviously Demetrius looks a lot more like Tupac than Anthony does, but... 
I believe, of course, Anthony being a professional actor. He's a better, better actor, although I don't necessarily think he did a great job as Tupac in that movie. I mean, you had a number of people who've previously played Tupac who could have done it, like a Homeboy from Straight Outta Compton for like five seconds. Um, oh, yeah. yeah he, he looked like Tupac. Yeah. <laughs> he did look like Tupac. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, that, that whole casting thing was weird. Another casting issue that I found weird was the woman who, uh, and I forgot her name, gave uh, Tupac a break to get him into, what was it, an acting role? Oh, um, Layla somebody. But it was played by uh, Lauren Cohen. From Walking Dead. From Walking Dead. Now, she was billed fairly high amongst the actors for this movie, and she was in the movie for, what, maybe 30 seconds? Layla Steinberg. Yes, Layla Steinberg. Yeah. And I was like, okay, I get that there's some Walking Dead fans who know Lauren Cohen's name, but it's not like Jennifer Aniston was playing it. No offense to Lauren Cohen. Uh-huh. I like her. I like Walking Dead. Uh-huh. But the draw and putting her name up as like the fourth or fifth build actor in this movie when she only has 30 seconds was a little crazy. I didn't know she had top billing. Well, not top, top billing. It wasn't like. Uh, uh, Demetrius Lauren Cohen, and you know, <laughs> it wasn't that high. But when you looked at the closing credits, her name was there. It wasn't. It was one of the names that was standing alone, as opposed to yeah. that scroll of names that you right. see, who oh, are okay. like the tenth or twelfth build person in mm. the movie. Why did the time from him making it to the West Coast to his record deal go so fast? It was like, there's this constant speed trap in biopics that happen. Um, like, for example, when Left Eye really started bugging out in the uh, TLC, t- TLC movie. movie, the time from her uh, burning Andre Risen's house to, you know, another couple things just went by so fast. Mm-hmm. The same moments happened in Straight Outta Compton when Dr. Dre is uh, building up Aftermath. You're oh, kind of yeah. like, oh, well... Why is this happening After so Matthew quick? or Death Row. When he wanted to go solo and... Uh, there was a portion. I just can't think okay. of it right now. Okay. But some of the things that... Yeah, yeah. Basically, there was no point in Tupac being in that movie. Uh, straight out of Compton. No. There wasn't. Like, it was just stuff to just throw in there. Like, even Snoop being in the movie. <laughs> it was, it was As a just... matter of fact, in that movie, again, Hail Mary. Yeah, Hail, yeah. Hail, Hail Mary was there again. Hail Mary in that movie. By the time Tupac was making Hail Mary, he wasn't fucking with Dre. Exactly. He was, he was dissing Even diss Dre on the album. Oh, yes. So, it's a little stupid. I think people just throw Hail Mary in because it's such an iconic Tupac record. Yes. But it doesn't yes. fit in with the timeline. It doesn't. Stop doing that, people. Yes, please. Because I know another Tupac movie is coming out soon. Hopefully, Ava DuVernay. I'm just assuming. Okay. <laughs> Hopefully, Avery Duvernay has something to do with. It. I know John Singleton wants to wants to do his. Well, movie. but <laughs> based on the script, it might be like, a little odd. It's not going to be like two Hulk movies inside of six years. So. Mm. <laughs> but um, Tupac reboot. Yeah, the reboot. Yeah. But I thought that uh, that was a little weird. You know. Also, I really didn't understand um, Mano getting the role as the person who shot. Why did that bother you? Age difference for one. Two, it just didn't make any sense. Hmm. I don't know if Mano's ever acted before. I, th- I think he was convincing as Thug Number Eight. Thug Number Eight. <laughs> yes, he was. He was. It, it was weird. Still, Here's but. what I'll say though about there was there was one random henchman in the movie who I thought was really convincing. 
Like, I thought he really was going to kill Tupac. Even Tupac, <laughs> Tupac is already dead, but I thought he was totally going to kill him again. Okay. Um, like, <laughs> Wake him of, up, kill him one again. Of, one of Haitian Jack's thugs was this dude who was like, let's kill that motherfucker. Like, Allegedly Haitian Jack. Uh, <laughs> Nigel. Nigel. One of Nigel's thugs was really convincing. I'm like, oh shit, he's really going to kill Tupac. But yeah, I just I, I noted that. But yeah, I, I didn't have a problem with Maino. I didn't really. I mean, his his character was not central. I mean, well, it's central in the fact that he shot Tupac, but he didn't have a lot to say other than, yeah, nigga, I'm killing you, or, or, or whatever he said. Yeah, yeah. Um, where was Puffy? He was in there somewhere. Like five seconds. Not much, but he was definitely he was in there. Did I but sneeze at that moment? You may you you may have you may have like. Taking notes. Okay, and, and, I probably was. Then you looked up and he was gone. Yeah, and he had like danced off in a in, in, in a in a cloud of whatever the fuck puffy dances off in a cloud of. Yeah. Okay. What in the entire fuck? Probably number eight at this point. There was no freaking reason for a faith scene. Okay, I know you were trying to build up the bad blood between Biggie and Tupac. But you could have done it other ways. Mm. The scene was so useless. It fell flat. Like, I just really... And by the way, there was no iPhone. You know? Anyway. But was there an iPhone in the movie? No. <laughs> there was no okay. iPhone Okay, I was going to say. Yeah, I, I, I heard people <laughs> talking about that. I, yeah, I didn't, I, didn't, yeah. I didn't remember seeing one. There but. was no iPhone. Okay. But that scene could have been taken out. And you could have just extended the prison scenes. And had him read some letters from his family. Hmm. Or something else. But that faith scene was just such a waste. Hmm. A couple other things that I... I feel like they did that because because there is a picture of them together. They felt like they had to like recreate every... Every time there was a picture of Tupac doing something or a video, they had to like recreate that scene. Uh, yeah, so, but yeah. it was just silly. Yeah. The, the, the thing that I really think this film needed was an inner voice. Good music biopic films... I always have an inner voice. Walk the line. Had an inner voice. He was haunted by um, accidentally killing his brother. And that, you know, was always sticking with him whenever he got into some trouble. Johnny hmm. Cash. Ray, um, he with had it. Yes, with his mom. And, you know, he had an inner voice that was sticking with him throughout the movie. So even though Feeney was still alive, he could have had that as um, inner voice sticking with him or something else. Hmm. But, you know, that would have been an aid that would have helped that movie along. But that inner voice wasn't there. So what is it that you think about that that would help the movie? Something, well, a tool that would make him look more uh, vulnerable. Because as many people who were fans of Tupac, they knew him as being a conflicted person. Yeah. And sure. just showing him doing... Um, uh, keep your head up or playing dear mama is not convincing enough especially right. if you're gonna go to the marin county fair where he got into a fight oh, or yeah. show him shooting two off-duty officers yes you got the alpha male there make him vulnerable mm. you know you gotta show him some show something um that adds to that side mm. of tupac i um, think i think john singleton wanted to do that he, he i think he wanted to have um a feeny be like like his his inner voice but yeah, he he also wants some other things. So, <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I I definitely think you needed more of the me against the world angle, not so much the album. You know, the best album. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, some would say, say. Yeah. the me against the world angle. Like, why did he think that? There had to be 
uh, some feeling where he feels like the world is against him, right. but it wasn't presented that way. You know, it it, it, it could have been brought home. Yeah. Uh, a couple scenes that I didn't really get towards the end of the movie. Tupac is having a scene with Denai as a Feeney. Denai, the way she's dressed, and I guess they're trying to make her look refreshed because she's come out of rehab. Mm-hmm. She looks like she's five years older than Tupac. <laughs> hmm. Like it didn't make any sense to me hmm. why they didn't try to age her a little bit, hmm. especially since when she just got out of rehab, she probably looked older than she did at the end of the movie. Wow. <laughs> so it, it didn't make any sense to me. Oh, you're gonna say something? Oh, just real quick. There was one scene. I I thought it was funny. There was one scene. There's a scene where I think when 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 his mother comes home from rehab and they're like having a backyard barbecue. Yeah. That scene reminded me a lot of Boys in the Hood, like when when Doughboy gets home. Yeah. And and uh, uh, Trey Trey is like you know coming to to, to see him like that, that like I I just immediately thought of Boys in the Hood during that scene. Yeah. That's, that's just random. <laughs> um. Okay. Uh. And 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 those are basically my you know why how whatever. But mm-hmm. you know as far as the casting. Oh, oh, mm. how could I forget mm. this? Mm. So there was controversy with the voice of Snoop Dogg. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and I, and I tried I tried to research this. Yeah, there's conflicting There's conflicting reports. stories. Yeah. Um, so when I was watching the movie, I heard that voice, and then I swore up and down that Snoop Dogg had done voiceovers for his own role. Yes. As opposed to uh, Jared Ellis actually doing... Uh, the voices for uh, the role that he was playing. Yes. Now, a couple things that I noticed. Jarrett was not looking into the camera a lot during this movie, for Mm. one. For two, L.T. Hutton, he said that voiceover was done, whereas Jarrett is on video um, doing an interview stating that he did the voice himself. Right, right. I find that to be silly. That's weird. (laughs) And why would L.T. Hutton say that he did the voiceover if he didn't? Yes, and but yeah. While I was watching it, I, every time that Snoop spoke, somebody behind me was laughing. <laughs> so I'm like, yeah, like like that just. Um, but yeah, that that definitely took me out of the movie a little bit because it, yeah. it was just it was just really silly. Like like you have Snoop like like dubbing his his voice like like it's some some B movie like that was really yeah like some some uh, bad kung fu flick or something yeah exactly. you know yeah. Um, yeah, I'm pretty sure he did dub it. Um, yeah, I'm pretty sure he did, too. Yeah. By the way, did you know that Daz's son played him in the movie? Really? Yeah. That's dope. Yeah. The other thing that I found a little weird was when Tupac is in New York, I guess it was for the uh, MTV Awards, or um, maybe he was on MTV, mm-hmm. one thing or the other. They show him saying, okay, we're going to start Death Row, Death Row East, East. Yeah. and, you know, I don't really particularly care for these east coast rappers like nas and jay-z and and whatever now if we're gonna highlight things that weren't really put out there in the press like him being with kadada and um other moments why couldn't we highlight the fact that he was prepping an album with east coast artists or that he did shout out at the end of hit him up i mean you know naughty by nature smith and wesson pudgy pudgy the fat bastard you know you know, he later on worked with Greg Nice. If you got Machiavelli part, I don't know, three or four, you heard that song right. uh, with him and Greg Nice. So 
why is it that we couldn't also add to um, him liking New York instead of having that uh, playing uh, up the the, the so called war? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you could have taken out that scene where you had the bad Angie Martinez impression and just have him talking. She was okay. I'm not from New York. I thought she was okay. That was horrible. I hope Angie didn't sign off on that. But you could have said, hey, you know, even if it was a 45 second scene of him and a couple members of Smith and Weston um, talking about, yeah, we're going to do this One Nation album. And it is something that happened because Mm -hmm. they've attested to it several times. I've I've seen video footage of Tupac performing, like like in the studio, recording with Smith and Weston. Yeah, so. There was that, and allegedly he did squash whatever uh, was going on between him and Nas him and before Nas, they died. Right. So you know you could leave that alone. But but the, yeah, they don't even have Nas in the in the movie, which which I, I it wasn't necessary. I, yeah, but yeah, I understand. At that. the same token, it wasn't necessary for him to even mention Nas. To, to mention, yeah, true. So, but um, I, again, I think that's the case of them just wanting to recreate things that that they basically recreated a scene that is on video. Like you can go on YouTube and see that scene. Like in real life, so so okay. I, th- I think they were just I think they they just wanted to recreate certain things, which I don't know if that's necessary to recreate things that you can go on YouTube and look up, but yeah, I think I think that I think that's what they were doing with that scene. And my very 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 last thing, and this isn't even a complaint, but in the uh, the squad uh, studios, they didn't even say squad studios; they just mentioned a building name, but quad or squad quad scoop. Excuse me, mm-hmm. it was quad. Okay. In the the shooting there, when they showed all of the people reacting to him getting upstairs and bleeding all over the place, did they have somebody play Little Sean crying? Because all I want to do is give you hickeys on your chest. <laughs> they did, didn't they? Wait, did, wait, did they? <laughs> your reaction? I thought they. I did. was laughing because I. I thought they did. I was laughing because because I remember that from the the the, the vibe article. Yeah, where, yeah, where, I read that. I was that like a Little Sean times. was crying. And Lil Sean was like, no, nah, I wouldn't cry, man. Fuck all that. Um, he was the only one reacting generally like somebody who's shocked as yeah. opposed to everybody else. But yeah, I don't know if they had Lil Sean in the movie. According to Tupac. Yeah, according to Tupac. Yeah. Um, I think they did because I think they had one guy who was crying and he looked kind of like Lil Sean. Really? That's, you probably that, want to see that again. That's interesting. Yeah. That's funny. Because he was going to record a song with Lil Sean, I believe. I believe... It was supposed to be some... Yeah, it was supposed to be. The I, I, I believe like Jimmy Henchman was work, and Jimmy Henchman is not in the movie. I don't. I don't think. Uh, I don't. Yeah, I don't but think I think so. I believe Tupac was going to the studio to work with Jimmy Henchman. Yeah. I believe Little Sean was 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 being managed by Jimmy Henchman at the time, and he was going there to work with him. I, I believe that's correct. Okay. If if, if I'm not if, if I'm wrong, somebody will shoot me. No, don't say <laughs> but, that. Um, but uh, but I believe that's what happened. If they had Little Sean in there, I don't know. I have to watch it again to catch that. That would be interesting if it's like, oh shit, that's that's supposed to be Little Sean. Point five seconds. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, Little Sean will be forever known as well to, to people who read that article as the guy who cried. He like fought against that. I remember him saying like like that wasn't that wasn't I ain't what soft. I did or I ain't, whatever. I ain't, yeah. And I mean, if it, if it's even if it's not even crying, just. Seemingly shocked seemingly when, shocked, yeah. according to Tupac, everybody else was like, oh, "Yo, he made it." Yeah, you know, kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Just like he presented at the beginning of uh, uh, what was it, the two America, two of America's Most Wanted video, when uh, Big, oh, yeah, Biggie didn't one. seem surprised. Right, and Tupac's coming up there with you yeah, know. which they 
I think they edited that scene out with, when they showed it on like on like MTV or BET. They didn't yeah, show that scene, I but... yeah, I didn't see it on those stations yeah, yeah, when yeah, I saw yeah, it. No, no. Um, but yeah, I mean, so those were my <laughs> those are your your, your gripes. My your, gripes your, on it, and uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So just to um, wrap it up, wrap it up. Um, Rotten Tomatoes gave this film a seventeen based on sixty five sixty five reviews. Yeah. Which, Average rating 4.3 out of 10. Mm. Variety uh, noted that um, Demetrius's performance was good, whereas uh, Cinema Score gave the film an average rating of an A minus on a scale of A plus to F. Wow. On a scale of 1 to 10, I give the movie a 5. Mm-hmm. I didn't hate it. I didn't really like it. I just felt that there were a lot of things missing, and I've noted it. And I really think that if you're going to do a movie on such a polarizing figure, it's not necessary to get every last fact in there. It's more to get the person Mm -hmm. nailed down according to the people around him. Mm -hmm. So, you know, yeah, maybe some of the facts were incorrect with Jada. I think it would have been more uh, fruitful to the overall production to say, hey, this is how... Um, Faith saw Tupac if she really knew him. This is how Suge saw Tupac, Snoop saw Tupac. And, you know, it, the whole mix of people who either approved it or didn't approve it that knew him, I just, it makes me feel a little uneasy. Hmm. So, yeah, I'm not going to assign a rating to it because I'm, I'm not into numbers. Art is extremely subjective when, when you assign this. Like, I could, I could say a five today and then tomorrow I'll be like, yeah, five and a half, eh, six, uh, five, seven, five. I'll say that. I, I agree with you that it wasn't terrible, but it wasn't great either. It was just kind of, it's typical bio biopic. I feel like like I I have a low opinion of biopics in general. I feel like it's hard to get them right. I think as far as hip hop biopics, Straight Outta Compton has the crown right now. I think it was the best one. The best out of any hip hop biopic that is out there. Out of all hip hop biopics, so we're looking at there aren't that many. Straight Outta Compton. Notorious. This movie, notorious. You can count TLC. Well, I was, I was, well, yeah. I, I guess, I mean, I guess if if you want to say that's hip hop, yeah, yeah. Um, new edition. Uh, the new edition one was really good. I thought there were there were some shortcomings. Uh, again, is that hip hop? Yeah, kind of, maybe not really. Um, you can kind of count Crush Groove in that. Yeah. Well, let's let's say let's say strictly rap and strictly movies that were actually in the theater. Okay. N- not not made for TV. Well, jokes. yeah, we're only just now getting into uh, the generation where we can have them. Yeah. Because as much as there was 80s rap, there wasn't a long storied group or person that somebody is going to do anything on, with the exception of maybe a handful of people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we don't have such a great track record so far. So. Um, because of this, I'm hoping that Nas lives a long time because <laughs> yeah. I don't want to see anybody screw that story up. Well, and, and, and that actually leads to kind of a point that I have is that, which is if you, um, I feel like bio, I mean, I don't know. I'd rather watch, watch a documentary than a biopic to, to that end. You know, Nas has the, the time is Illmatic documentary, which is, which is, it's just about his first album. It's not about his entire career, but that, right. that's really good. And I think documentaries as a whole tend to do a better job of because they they tend to be depending on who does them they tend to be a bit more objective. It's, it's not necessarily like someone's a state who's like controlling the story. 
Um, with with the biopic, again, because there, there there tend to be a lot of embellishments to make the story more interesting and more entertaining or to flow more like a movie, I feel like documentaries are a lot more popular nowadays. I, I feel I feel like biopics were maybe created because there was a time when people didn't want to watch documentaries. But now yeah. people are more into documentaries, so let's watch a documentary. I mean, I know that some of the uh, um, benefits of the story are added when that person dies or how that person dies but if you're not depending solely on that i would say try to make those movies when the person's still living mm -hmm. you know heartbeat props <laughs> we're the shock g i ask you about malcolm and you tell me that he's wicked Farrakhan comes you can't seem to buy a ticket and check what my man's got to say right or wrong don't you think that he deserves a play because he's living for you and you and you and you the brother x tried but he died trying to get through so i wait until the heartbeat stops yo so I would say, yeah, if you if you really, I'm I'm not gonna say don't don't see the movie. I mean, you know, su you know, support black cinema and all that. But what I would say is, if you really want to know Tupac, listen to his music. There's there's many documentaries out there, including like Tupac Resurrection. Yes. There's you know there's there's lots of documentaries and things out there you can watch. And, oh, there's a tons of interviews. Like yeah, like that like, prison interview is yeah, on YouTube. Yeah. Um. There's interviews like there's, there's various MTV interviews like. Listen to the man in his own words and, and, and see what, what he says he was about. And then listen, listen to the music. And Tupac Resurrection was a good documentary. Yeah. So definitely check that out. Yeah. If you can get your hands on it. Yeah. So do you have anything else on the movie? Um, the guy who played his original manager, Atron, looked like Dave Chappelle playing Leonard Washington. Who the fuck is Renee Zellweger? Yeah. <laughs> he looked weird to me. Uh, that's, that's really about it. I didn't really have a lot else to say. I think I said enough. Um, there was one tiny note um, that I had read somewhere that um, the uh, Digital Underground's DJ... Um, Fuse? Yeah, he was played by a black guy. Was he? I didn't, I, you know, I didn't even notice. I had read this somewhere I didn't notice, so I would have to go back and look. If that is incorrect, I apologize, but I think I had uh, read that somewhere. And oddly enough, uh, Fuse now DJs for Dave Chappelle. There you I, go. I've seen him. I've seen him. Some, I've seen him DJ for him uh, doing live shows. At least when, he, when he's out here. I don't. I don't know about anywhere else. But out here, uh, his his DJs is Fuse from Digital Underground and um, Raw Fusion. Yeah. The, the group he was in with Money B. Ah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The caper was planned. I called my main man Money B. I'm about to go snuff this kid called Billboard Charts. Run with me. Billboard Charts. I remember that name. Tell me more. Ah, he's stupid for loops and he's got me going pop. When do we drop? What? Nothing to take his root. Snap, crackle, bang, bang. There's blood on his fucking suit. Nobody shoot. Why? Cause that ain't the way to go. We gotta convince him to play our tracks on the radio. Alright. Well, I think that that's all we got. Um, thank you for listening to yet another episode of Own No Loops. Um, we cover everything from Little Sean to Big Sean. Um, we definitely wow. want you to reach out to us. Um, I am reachable at Old Dirty Plaster, O-L-D-I-R-T-Y-P-L-A-S-T-E-R on Twitter. I like that. Little Sean and Big Sean. That's clever. <laughs> um, and I am on Twitter, Urkel Modi, U-R-K-E-L-M-O-E-D-W-E. -E -E. We are available on um, Facebook, um, backslash Own No Loops. We're available on Instagram, um, at uh, Own No Loops. We have a Spotify. Um, go find us at Own No Loops. 
And always, whenever you can, use the hashtag OhNoLoops if ever you want to communicate with us on the Twitter or the Instagram or even Facebook. And then, finally, if you want to reach us via email, OhNoLoops at gmail.com with any thoughts on the show, suggestions on show topics, or just to kick it via the uh, interweb. If you want to find us, just do a search for OhNoLoops. We're out there. Yep, yep. And uh, in parting, um, I guess... uh, We definitely are enjoying what we're doing with this show and hope that you're enjoying it too. And if you are, uh, please take a minute to rate and review us on iTunes. Yes, 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 yes. And uh, notes for life, um, uh, be kind, but be wise and uh, always be on time. I messed up my own quote. Okay. And and, uh, and, uh, be bop or be be dead. (laughs) All right. All right. Peace out, and uh, we'll see you next time. Peace.